Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Dion Mishler, founder and CEO of Inside Sales by Design, as well as CEO of salesclass.ai. Dion has played a huge role in helping inside sales teams around the world build sales teams that take what the market gives and then some. Teams working with Dion regularly see double-digit growth in both prospecting success and total sales success. She's helping organizations win when times are good, and she's helped them win now when times are tougher. And right now, she's helping teams around the world find ways to win while competitors are still hunkered down. She's a highly sought-after speaker. She's a fantastic trainer. She's an award-winning chapter head for the Orange County chapter of the AAISP, and she's one of the very best in the world at what she does. I've had the opportunity to watch her speak several times, and I've been trying to get her on the show for a little while now. So I am pumped to have her joining me today in what I think will be a very important conversation. Dion, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rob, for having me. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm happy to have you. Um, like I said, I'm a fan. I've watched you at AISP mm -hmm. events and a lot of your online content and I think you have a message that's going to be really important for our, our leaders to hear you and me discuss today. But before we get into it, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about Inside Sales by Design, as well as your new uh, deal you're, you're running, uh, salesclass.am? I'm excited to hear about both of those. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So um, I started Inside Sales by Design about, we're in our fifth year now, and we- Yeah. So we specialize in working with organizations and leaders to build and scale their inside sales team hopefully the right way the first time. If not, we've definitely come in and worked on kind of right-sizing and transforming teams as well. And so we, we, work, we believe in a solid infrastructure and having systematizing as much as possible when it comes to some of that infrastructure. So we're not worrying about what do I do with a lead or what do I do with this, right? So we want to, that's what inside sales by design does. And we, we believe in teaching people to fish. And so we, we work with teams and organizations to build the infrastructure. Um, and then we really do a lot of work on coaching the inside sales leaders on running the system, number one. And then number two, coaching their people, right? Mm -hmm. So Rob, I've, I've seen and heard you speak too. And it's all about the coaching, right? We, when we sign up to be in sales, we sign up for a revenue number. Like if you don't yeah. want a revenue number, you should go somewhere else, which is fine. Yes. Amen, baby. But this is, this is it, right? <laughs> and what sometimes is missing is the, that, 
the EQ, right, which is kind of a popular term right now. And I've always, it's, it's the quantitative and qualitative. And so for Inside Sales by Design, we work with organizations and teams on harmonizing the two of them. Because when you get that harmony, then you've got a team that's firing on all, on all cylinders. So that's really what we do uh, mm. for Inside Sales by Design. I love it. I, I get, this is like my, this is my, you don't know me that well yet, but my, my listeners know me pretty well because they listen to me every week. Uh, that's my version of dirty talk, what you just said. That's like my, it's my idea of fun, Dion. And so. Yeah. I, you know, I'm an ENTJ, so I'm not fun at all. Right. <laughs> and so I'm with you on a little bit where I'm like, I, I'm good to like read a book on a Saturday night, you know? Yes. I mean? so, yes. Uh, but yeah. So and then um, earlier this year, February, March timeframe, and just so happened to coincide with COVID, um, Chad Burmeister and Gerhard from Selling Power and I got together yep. and through conversations and many iterations, we created and have launched earlier this month of August, salesclass.ai. So the three of us went to our network of sales trainers and educators and speakers and said, hey, we're going to build the gold standard platform for sales training and education content for sure. our sales And it's not an LMS. We have content in eight specific categories from skill set, mindset, tool set, leadership, career, and, and four others. And all of that content, we've got over 2,000 videos and growing courses, wow. videos, eBooks that as a leader or as a rep, wherever you're at, whether you're just starting or you have experience, you can go in, go through the AI algorithm, which is super fun and amazing and a very British female voice because we're American and we love that. And says, how are you doing today on these eight categories? And at the end of it, it takes 30 seconds. And at the end of that, it says, here are some suggestions based upon what you said. And you can take some courses um, and it's all independent, right? Your boss isn't hovering over your shoulder. For those of us that are ambitious and driven and want to succeed and, and study and hone our craft, this is the platform for everyone. And, and then so far we've, we've seen um, tremendous success on, and people using the platform have really enjoyed the experience and they've been able to take courses and watch videos and put it into cool. practice and get better. So that's what we're doing. We'll make sure that we make that how, how people can get access to that at the end of this, of this show. That's, that's super cool. I can't wait to dig into that myself. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Last thing before we get into our topics today, I love asking people like you, how did you get into sales? I, I, I've been doing this show for a long time. I've been in sales for 25 years. I have met very few people that said, I want to be in sales when I grow up. Uh, yeah, here we all are. How, how did you get into sales and how did it lead you to where you are now? Yeah. Uh, and, and it is a good question, I think, for all of us and, and kind of makes us do a little bit of introspection, which is something we should all do. Um, and so like yourself, I didn't set out. I, um, I like helping people. And as the mantra of helping is selling kind of came to, to light, I was like, yeah, that's me, right? And, and it's about having a conversation and, and helping solve problems and all that good stuff, right? And so that's kind of how I got into it. I actually started my sales career. Um, I'm, I'm from Chicago. I'm a Midwesterner and uh, worked for the Chicago yes. Software Association back in the day. So an industry trade association for the IT world. Yep. And was their membership director and selling memberships, right, to the CSA. And it's kind of like selling air, right? Like why should you belong to a group and all that good stuff? But if there's power in numbers and 
there's power in a shared belief system and, and using it for good at the end of the day. So I'm definitely a little bit more on the idealistic side. And so you started there and, and that took you from place to place. And at some point you got confident enough that you could start, a, start your own agency, your own firm on helping people build inside sales teams. Was it a, I mean, any highlights on that? Because that's a pretty cool step. As someone who started a company, like there's a lot of introspection. Am I ready to go help other people do it, right? Yeah, you know, Rob, there's so many facets to this conversation, right? And I think it was one of those things of, um, I think we all have evolutions and iterations we go through. And I think the only constant in life is change. And for someone like me, I'm like, I'm, I like a good rut. I like a good routine. And so embracing that concept, um, is something that I really, really had to embrace and, and really think about and noodle and say like, okay, here we go. But I think the other half of the coin is, um, I think just for me is, is I, I was at a conference and I saw people on stage and I, and I heard them on this topic they were talking about. And in my heart was, I can do that. And Love I can that. Right. Not, not from a diminishing perspective, like, Hey, those people on stage are doing it wrong. It was, I can help people. And to your point, Rob, it is a huge step and takes courage and bravery to own that feeling and get up on stage and deliver a message. Right. Because we know, as, as you well know, that we are, there's people in the audience that are going to like what you say and there's people that aren't and people are going to like you and people aren't, you know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely a culmination of a lot of many things that, that goes into taking that step and being prepared and being able to have your testimony and be able to testify and have thick skin and grace and courage. Yeah. Well, we could have a show just on that. Yeah. You just brought up something. I mean, in fact, that's one of my leadership laws. I've got Jepson's 20 laws of leadership and leadership law. Number one, you just, you, it's funny. I wasn't going to, I didn't, you know, no, leadership law. Number one is not everybody likes you. That's leadership law. Number one. And you already went there. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that to folks too. And because when we co- when I coach reps and even leaders, I'm like, you I'm a huge nerd, right? You and I had talked a little bit about this and I love Star Trek. And so it's so funny because, you know, Star Trek isn't in vogue anymore. When I grew up, it was my dad. We'd watch it all the time. Totally. Right. (laughs) And, um, we, my daughter and I, she's 11. We just watched Star Trek beyond. And in there is this scene where Kirk's mentor is saying to him, you know, why you're getting the enterprise taken from you is because you don't respect the chair. And it's a good reminder for all of us in a leadership role that you have to respect the chair. Mm. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback, right? It's easy for you and I to sit here and yes. you know, pass judgment or whatever you want to call it on folks that are in a leadership role, right? Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, you know, whatever you want to say there. But you, you kind of have to have that clarity of, if I'm going to sit in that leadership chair, figuratively or literally, yep. you darn well better know what you're getting yourself into and then be prepared to put on your big boy and big girl pants if, if things go well and if things go wrong. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on our show. And this is going to be a perfect kind of segue to what we're going to talk about. 
Um, our listeners, one of the things they like, Dion, and you, me, you and I spoke about this before when we were getting ready. I don't usually have people on the show unless they are actively leading a team right now. And that's because of what you just said. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback. Mm. With few exceptions, sometimes I'll get the very best at very specific disciplines to come on and speak to the leaders that are listening to the show on how they're helping leaders like them do very specific things. And in your case, it's build out world-class inside sales teams that are able to adapt and are able to be successful when other people are saying, holy crap, what's going on right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to get into a little bit. You've seen a lot of things change. For some of your customers, I bet not much had to change except for maybe some messaging. The mechanics were probably good. Other people, they probably had to change a lot of things, right? And so I'm gonna, here's, here's how I want to start. And, and I, I think that there's going to be a time, Dion, where people look back at what happened in 2020 and whoever knows however long it'll last. It's going to be called the pandemic era, right? The pandemic era. That's what I'm referring to it as right now. And, um, and I think we've all seen it be here long enough. We know it's going to be here for at least a little while longer. It's not going to be gone, you know, in time for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for sure going to be here for the second half of 2020. And it's for sure going to be here as we kick off 2021. Outside of that, I can't say anything, but it's going to for sure be there for that. You know, this is not something you can afford to say, hey, I'm just going to take a break and I'll come back in when this is over. And so you've helped tons of companies. You've helped tons of organizations. Some people tweak. Some people say, man, I was outside sales. Now I'm inside sales. I'm interested in just some of first to start our conversation. What are some of your observations that you've seen on people that are finding ways to win versus people that you go, man, those guys, they're going to have some trouble until they make some changes. Can you share some key observations? Yeah, and it definitely, there's always a spectrum, and we need to be mindful of that. And so I think that the first couple of things that that come to mind are, what is your level of awareness at the end of the day? And I know for myself, you know, right around April, I got it, I was hot fired. I I was angry, and I'm, I'm not an angry person, right? Yeah, that surprises me to hear you say that. Yeah, and I had to figure out why. And so it was interesting because you know, I'm, I'm, I work and I'm, you know, corporate America, I have two businesses, right? All that good stuff. I got two kids, 11 year old daughter, I have an eight year old son and um, just kind of being aware of what was going on. And, and I'm a student of leadership and a student of knowing our, myself, ourselves. Right. And so I was sitting there, I'm like, man alive, why am I feeling what I'm feeling right now? Right. And I go, cause I, and I was able to compartmentalize, I think like most folks, right. And functioning at, at a, at a capacity of being able to work with my kids and get them squared away and being able to do my thing and all that good stuff. But the leader, the lack of leadership in kind of getting us through this pandemic, I, I was hot fired. And cause I felt like a kid stuck between two arguing parents. Right. Yes. So I, I share that example because it's a great analogy, by the way, Dion. Sorry to interrupt you. I love that analogy. Yeah. I was like, seriously, people like get your act together. You know, come up with a plan. You don't stay in the churn, right? Yeah, bad things happen, but you don't sit there, right? You have a plan. And um, and if you don't have one, you make one. You, you make one, right? Until further notice is the most depressing phrase for a human being, right? So you and I did this on social media, right? We read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Read that book. And so for us as leaders, whether you are a leader by title or deed, right, 
it's we have to identify how we're feeling. We got to make sure we're putting our own oxygen mask on first. We have a level of self-awareness that says, you know what, maybe today I'm not fit for human consumption. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take a busy day for myself, right? Or today, nope, it's a good day today. And I, I'm, I'm able to bring value to other people. Yeah. I have my copy here too. Right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. You can't hear my background, but sorry. Right. Yeah. And so I think, that's what I've seen, right? And then I think the other half of the coin is leaders that are able to embrace that and, and bring the harmony between, hey guys, we still have a revenue number to hit. You know, we still, we need to communicate all that good stuff. Um, I've been doing a lot of sessions with clients on, hey, my outside sales team is now inside. What do I do? Can you give us a crash course? And we always start with the messaging. And because- a Messaging lot of first. It's always the messaging. What's the value prop? Why do people buy from you? Why do people like your company? And whether you're outside or inside, doesn't matter what level at the company you're at either, we have to know those stories. And, um, you know, you'll get, well, we, the company, are awesome. And that's why people buy from us. And I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> I wish people could see the smile on your face right now as you say that. Because you're so kind and you don't want to make fun of these people. You're way nicer than me. I'll just say, tell them. <laughs> I just soften my edges. But then I say, you know what? That's really great if you're selling to your mom. And your mom likes you. I'm sure mom is proud. Yeah. like you, right? But that's not who we're selling to. So... You know, we, we definitely flip it around and we've done a lot of value prop messages and, and, and we, you know, we coach folks on and even leaders, right? We talk about, hey, we have to sell internally. So if, if we're going to a group of people, whether they're our internal team or an external prospect or customer, we never start with we. We start with you. Mm. And so I want to push pause, Dion. You got to let me push pause now. You, you're cooking with gas right now, and I like where you're going, okay? And so I want, to, I want to push pause, and I want to sit on this messaging thing for a minute. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm putting myself in the, in the shoes of several thousand list, uh, sales leaders around the world listening to you right now, okay? And they're saying, okay, that makes sense, messaging first. Got any best practices or any pointers for these listeners, for these leaders, on how do you make sure you got the messaging right? And I'm thinking of a friend that I think is probably a common friend to both of us. I don't know how well you know Doug Landis. Is Doug Landis someone that you know? Yeah. Doug Landis spent several hours in my office helping me with messaging. And he was mocking me mercilessly, okay? And he was like, I still don't know what you do. I still don't know what you do. Or very recently, I sent a message to a good friend. This person had become a good friend, deep in process, COVID hits, they put it on hold. I send them a quick email saying, are you ready to come off hold? And he, and I talked to him on the phone later that day. He goes, why are you sending me boilerplate messaging, Rob? Well, we're buddies now. I'm like, I didn't, I wrote that for you. And he's like, well, just so you know, that sucked. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it was awesome. We laughed, he mocked me and that was good. And so, yeah. yeah. So my question is, any best practices to make sure that you're, you know, how do you know if you're getting messaging right? Yeah. So ask, right? Ask, and so, ask, ask, ask your clients, ask your prospects. Um, so when we teach a lot of this, and even for myself, right, is what is, why are you going to ask somebody? And what are you going to ask them? And so in this case, and, and because my, my theory is as salespeople, right, there's a lot of us that, that um, are overachievers and want to get the answer right. And right. so we'll do messaging. Guilty. That's me. 
we all are, right? And it's not bad, it just needs to be directed appropriately. And so it's one of those things where you say, hey, why do people buy from you? And salespeople are giving you answers, right? And you say, okay, how do you know? Oh, right? And so the, 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 the first answer is typically the right one. And so we'll do exercises as a team to go a little bit deeper cool. and say, give me some, you know, give me some examples. Can you think about that? And then when we talk about messaging and going to prospects and even internal teams, we can say more, more to your prospects and customers to say, hey, listen, we're, we're looking to get some feedback and, and here's, do you, you know, do you mind giving us some validation or some feedback? Here's why we think people and our customers enjoy doing business with us. We've come up with these top two or top three reasons. Do you agree with those? So do you, do you find that sales teams and sales people can be the person or people asking those questions or should a different team, like a marketing team do it or should an outside group, like potentially like your group is what's the best way to get that is, is do you get different answers based on who's answer asking the questions? Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah. So we, it, it, that's a really good question. And so we actually did this exercise with a client of mine. Oh, you did? The executive had some good feedback where he goes, oh yeah. So it was interesting because I found out that my account managers didn't necessarily have the relationship they said they did. Hmm. Right. And so when we thought, when we, when we talk about going to market and asking, right, just, just ask right? So ask your customers, ask your prospects, ask your team. You have to have the relationship to do that, right? That somebody's going to respond to your survey monkey or respond to your email or respond to your voicemail, right? So first step is make sure you've got the relationship in there, a professional collegiate relationship, right? And then, then you're going to get the answers that you need in order to validate your approach. If you find out that you don't have the relationships in place or those relationships that are purported to be there aren't, then you've got a couple of different angles and different routes you can take to get the information you need, whether it's going outside, having marketing do it, um, having a multi-touch approach, things of that nature. Yeah, it just depends on the relationships you have, how are your customers already used to getting information from you. All of that kind of needs to be taken into consideration, but the overarching principle is apps. Love it. All right. So messaging first, be yeah. self-aware and then you get messaging, right? Yeah. What else? What else in the Dion secret playbook of how to be awesome? Um, you know, I, we touched on this too a little bit where um, a lot of times what we'll see, whether we're in, you know, a COVID pandemic or not, outside sales, inside sales, a lot of times what organizations are plagued with is what I always affectionately call the Marie Antoinette complex, right? Yes. Yeah. You taught me this. I've used this since you taught it to me, by the way. So I said, I shared it with someone and they didn't know it just like I didn't know it. So share with our listeners the story that you shared with me. Yeah. It, and it's such a good one, right? So, and, and we all, all fall victim to it, right? And this is, we all have blind spots. We all have hiccups in the road. This is why we need our own personal advisory team, right? Yep. So um, for those of you that know this concept, that's great. But so Marie Antoinette, you know, famous queen, and her response of let them eat cake. She wasn't being rude. She wasn't being mean. She was living in a palace. She never went out. 
She was the epitome of ivory tower, right? She had no clue what was going on in the streets. <laughs> and so when she heard that the people were starving and they didn't have any bread, her response of, well, let them eat cake was literally, well, why can't they eat cake? Like, I don't understand. Doesn't everybody have this huge table full of food? They have bread and fruit and cake and all this other stuff. She was so out of touch. She had no clue that people were rioting and starving, right? And she lost her head because of it. So when we, when leaders are out of touch with literally what's happening, if you're not doing skip level one-on-ones, if you haven't sat in and listened to calls from your team, customer service, BER, AE, gone on a sales call, did a deep dive, not from an interrogative perspective, but from a seeking to understand perspective and then flip it, right? We do an exercise where we say everybody up one seat and move to the left. Because if you have not sat in that chair or walked in those shoes, you have no idea, right? And it, it, and it builds compassion and understanding of why we have to fill out a field in Salesforce. Why does, why are we getting these asks from our executive team? Well, they have a board presentation. So, you know, we need to understand the why. And if we have the Marie Antoinette complex, we're out of touch with what's happening on the street level and we can't function and we can't lead appropriately because we think everybody's that way. And Dion, I've thought about this a lot since you first shared this with me. Like, honestly, it was like, to me, it was a big deal. It's one of the things in our notes when I talked to you the first time, I circled this one, okay? And, and I've, I've talked about it with some of my clients. And, and I think that leaders are more often out of touch than they want to believe. Yes. And, um, and, and, and we see it everywhere. I mean, we see all these social challenges in our country right now that stem from years and years of being out of touch on specific issues. So we see that it's happening in other issues. Why wouldn't it be happening in, in additional issues? And particularly if we're in the middle of an era that's requiring change, yeah. the old dog's got to learn new tricks, right? Yeah. And we all do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the, the flip side of that too is recognizing, and, and, and this is where too, I think as a, as a society, right? I think we're used to running at a superficial level, right? We're skimming. And what you and I are talking about is the ability to go a little bit deeper, Right. And so we need to be able to say, okay, I'm going to do skip levels or I'm going to do, I'm going to sit in, I'm going to listen to polls, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. We also need to know where we in our journey and how do we consume information, right? Am I, do I need to read it? Do I need to hear it? Does it need to be visual? And so am I a detailed person? Am I a big picture person? Right. And so years ago, um, there was a post actually on LinkedIn that talked about user guides in your, in your company. And so if you're an organization that does DISC or Myers-Briggs or whatever, right. So um, what is the, uh, there's a, um, the Gartner book that talks about uh, leadership and you can kind of get your, you know, are you a woo? Are you this? Are you that? Yep. And put up your user guides and then prepare to, to get uncomfortable and, and don't be unkind, right? So if you're somebody who's like, man alive, you're going way into details and you lost me, I'm spinning. You know, be able to communicate and say and self-advocate that says, I'm running at a 50,000 foot level and what you're talking about at this level is, you know, 10 feet off the ground. 
we have to bridge that gap of that space in between because that's where the magic happens. Right. So Deanna, I have a couple questions I want to, I want to dive into. You, you, you can probably see me. I'm, I'm writing notes down furiously. I'm burning up pages over here. Okay. And um, you've, you've said a word three times that I'm going to come back to and I want to get your take on it. Cause I think it's an important one. Um, but I want to ask this question first. Is it the more hierarchy there is and the more like levels there are in a corporation each level, does that make it that much easier to be disconnected and start to have Marie Antoinette syndrome take over? Does each level make it so it's harder for you to really know what's going on inside your organization? I, I think it can. I don't know if there's a yes or no answer to okay. that. You know, companies are made up of people and, yeah. and we're human and all of us have a thing, right? And all of us are like, I need to keep my job. So I'm just going to keep my head down and do my thing. And unless somebody asks me, I'm not doing anything else, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and that that's okay. And so that's where I think the answer is it depends, right? I think it depends on the culture. I think it depends on leadership. I think everything is a leadership issue. Yeah, I'm thinking I, we're going to talk about that. We're going to make sure we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, I'm glad you said that. I'm writing that one down. I'm thinking of one of my one of my clients right now, and you know, chief revenue officer several different levels of vice presidents, directors, frontline managers, reps. That's a lot of levels that keeps those VPs and those CROs in their own castle eating cake all day long. When maybe other people out there are saying, man, we're, we feel like we're eating croutons over here. Right. In fact, we're happy to have a, we're happy to have one fall off of your freaking table that we can pick up. So that's why I want to ask, you brought it up three times. You talked about skip levels. I, you already brought it up. I, I, I focus on coaching. That's what I, that's like the one thing I'm okay at. And um, I don't see most organizations doing that. I had a guest on my show about a month ago, mention it. We talked about it, but you brought it up three times. I think it's really important and I don't think they happen that often. Can you talk a little bit about what skip levels are? why you like them, how you might suggest to these leaders, how they might build them into their kind of bag of tricks. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, everything good and bad comes down to leadership first and foremost as an overarching principle. Right. Um, and by the way, that's going to be the title of our episode. Yeah. The title of our episode is everything good or bad comes down to leadership. I'm writing it down on this paper right now. There you go. And so I, I think, you know, secondarily to that is, how well do we know our people? And we don't need to be best friends with people we work at as adults, right? We, we probably are friends we work with. We spend a lot of time together and that that's good. Um, so I, I think though too, you know, doing a skip level can, can definitely remediate being stuck in our own walls. And it happens to all of us, regardless of your title or where you're at in an organization. When we think about doing skip levels and skip levels are, um, for those that don't know, is um, two levels above, right? So if you're a manager, you and you have a director above your VP, you would do your skip level one-on-one with your your VP, right? Because what happens is we get we go and talk to our boss. We don't want to we don't want to look bad. We don't want to make them look bad. Hopefully, right? So we paint a rosy picture, and we don't always tell the truth, right? And as humans, we shy away from conflict. So what we want to be able to do is make sure we're getting as many facets of the truth as possible. And 
not holding people hostage to, hey, something went wrong. You're, you're not perfect. You're fired, right? That, that's mm. not what we're doing here. So there's a time and a place for that, but that's not the intent, right? And so when we talk about doing skip levels, it doesn't have to be all the time. And I think that's the other thing, right? Is everybody's overwhelmed. Everything right now is an and. Mm. Work from home and a pandemic and get tested and wear a mask and don't go out and buy your groceries online and do this and, and homeschool right. and, 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 and nothing is an or. And so we need to be really mindful right now of that. And even before this, right, I think we were all kind of feeling a little like, holy bananas, everything is an and. So I'm a huge fan of a plan, space it out. If you're not doing weekly one-on-ones, you don't, you don't have to all the time, right. right? Set a schedule and stick to it, right? Most of us have a morning schedule and you know, stick to it at the end of the day and have a plan, use software, use your platform, use OneNote, use Google Sheets, whatever the case may be, right? But have a plan and use technology to help you, make it easy. And the goal is to learn from each other, what's working, what's not. Be prepared to hear bad news. Be prepared to deliver bad news, right? Not everything is rosy all the time, but, right? Not, not but, but and, we kind of all get stuck in our head and as a recovering perfectionist, I may think something is totally off the rails. But then I go and I talk to somebody and I actually talk it through and I look and I look at data and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought. Sweet, I'm good. So that's the purpose of a conversation. Oh. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you, I can't believe, I mean, I'm really angry right now. I'm, we're, I'm watching the clock and I just can't believe how fast time goes as we get well, on this call together. <laughs> You, you've given, I mean, starts with self-awareness, then messaging. We talked about this Marie Antoinette syndrome and being in touch. I think this being in touch concept at this time of change, when everything is an and, not an or. I've never heard it said like that. I love mm-hmm. it. You know, that and instead of an or. That has to, I mean, that's real. That stuff's not like, oh, by the way, that's real stuff. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know how well you know Kevin Dorsey. He was on our show just recently, and he told me that the new non-negotiable is to put the person back into salesperson. That's the new non-negotiable. Yeah. And as I listen to you talk about that, I'm hearing his words loud in my ears right now, that as leaders, we got to make them feel like people rather than just uh, means to our financial end. <laughs> right? I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And, and again, that kind of goes to leadership, right? Yeah. So- um, I was speaking at an SKO with an organization, and then um, one of, let me start by saying, one of the exercises we do when we stand up an inside sales team or do a refresh or whatever is we talk about, hey, what is your team's mission? And sometimes people, you know, organizations, teams will have one, sometimes they don't. And in this case, there was crickets in the audience, and I said, well, what's your, your, your company's mission statement? And Rob, nobody ever knows. Wow. And I'm like, people have spent a lot of money, time, effort on creating a company mission statement. And if people don't know what that is, that's kind of a problem number one. Hmm. Because what happens is you get your leaders that say, oh, our mission, our team's mission statement is to make money. Okay. And then I read the company mission statement, which is significantly softer than that, that talks about 
delivering value to our clients, being fiduciarily responsible to our shareholders, delivering a quality product, a quality experience, right? So we're coming back to that disconnect that says, what's my mission of my sales team is 100% revenue focused and I will achieve that at any means necessary. So it's very draconian. Yeah. Where a team's a company's mission statement is is more qualitative. And so when we build out mission statements, we're talking about teams d- delivering high quality customer experiences while achieving revenue goals, right? It's an that is an and. That is not an yeah. or. Yeah. yeah. You're right. All right. So I I want to talk about this statement you made. And then if I have time, there's a couple of things I want to do at high level. Uh, I won't push pause and go deep anymore. You've given me some good depth on things that really, really matter. So first of all, Dion, thank you. This has been outstanding. I really appreciate you. Okay. I want to talk about your statement. Everything is about leadership, good or bad. And I I believe this wholeheartedly. I talk about this a lot. I've said my version of that is if you like what, if you like the results that you see, look in the mirror. If you don't like the results that you see from your team, also look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And people like to look out the window when it's bad and in the, in the mirror when it's good. Can you talk a little bit to our listeners? Listen, everything comes down to leadership, good or bad. I'd love some of your thoughts about that and maybe awareness is first, but maybe if what that means they should do as a result of what you think. Yeah, I, I think, you know, definitely, especially right now, taking time to reflect, what are you doing that's working? What are you doing that's not validate get outside of the people that know you that are going to, you know, speak kindly to you, talk to people that, you know, aren't your relatives, get the truth, right? So like, if I want to feel better, I call my mom and my dad, right? If I want the truth, like, hey, I'm, I'm stuck right now and I feel weird, right? I have a group of people that I talk to and then cool. they talk, you know, so definitely take take an inventory, take a self-assessment. What, what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? Um, what does your team need? What do they not need right now? What do they need more of? What do, what do, you, what do they need you to stop doing? And then again, validate a lot of that. I think that's the, the first piece from a leadership perspective. You know, and, and again, the other half of that coin is, you know, and the, the phrase, I've heard this before, where um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And the the fix for that is to salt the hay and you know the truth of the matter is not everybody belongs in every role or in every company and so sometimes we do have to make a hard decision or or help somebody make a decision right if we see somebody on our team struggling in a role that man you know what you thought you wanted it but it's just not a good fit that's okay too right everybody has a superpower and and as a leader it's our responsibility to help them find it um that is awesome if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. You know, we should create environments where the motivated succeed. We don't like force the the non-motivated to succeed. Right. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a fine line. There's a nuance to leadership that says, Hey, we're all responsible for results as humans. We're going to get there together. Right. And we have to recognize when, whether it's us or somebody on our team that is it, it's not working and that's okay. Right. We just, we need to be brave enough to have those conversations with humanity. At the end of the day. So that's when it all starts and stops with leadership. That's what it is at the end of the day. 
So when we start an, uh, an engagement, we have an assessment and um, on a 10 point um, list of things, right? Does your team have a mission statement? How's your onboarding plan? Is it a cool? Do you have a re-onboarding plan and ongoing education? Um, how effective is your leadership? And it's really interesting because there's normally a big gap, right, between the frontline folks and the executives and all that good stuff. But um, sit down and do that and be honest and then get outside of your four walls and the people that know you because the best feedback can come from eyeballs outside of our normal everyday life. Yeah, and I think the best leaders are willing to listen to that. I mean, yeah. you know, I find that the least effective, and I, I used to say rookie leaders to experience because it's not. Some people, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, it's people, I love how you started with self-awareness. The more self-aware you are, the more likely you are to win. I, I think that's a theme of what you've shared with us today. I think so. There's a really great book called The Stress Effect by, I don't remember, but I'll send you the the. Um, the author and he, the first part of that book, he dives into neurology and the brain and stuff. I have to reread that part, but um, you know, he, he definitely talks about the stress effect and what good leaders do and, and um, how to manage through stress, right. And just being on all the time. So. Well, let's, I want to, I want to have one final question and then we'll do our rapid fire to wrap this up. Cause we're out of time. But this last question, I really feel like I, I owe it to our listeners to ask you. Okay. And so we're going into the second half of 2020. We're going to be gearing up for 2021. I have a lot of people that are talking to me right now because they, they, they're like concerned what needs to happen to their leadership to help them be effective in these, these next periods of time. Is there like one or two things that you would tell these leaders that are listening? Be sure you're doing these one or two things right now as you go into 20, second half of 2020 or to kick off 2021. You know, it can be from any perspective, any sales leader, or if you want to take the angle of a field sales team, that's now an inside sales team. I don't care. What are one or two things that you say, listen, as you finish this year and kick off next year, here are one or two things that if you are not doing, you need to do now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I'll share, cause this is something that I have to do is yeah. sit down and plan out the rest of this year. And I have an annual plan if anybody wants it. I'm sure, Rob, you do too, but I have one that I, I actually use and I've used for, holy cow, eight years at this point, right? With a few other sprinkled in. But cool. I, I suspect you're going to get a lot of people reach out to you from the show asking for that. That's good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's only three pages. It's super, super simple and then takes you through a deep dive. Okay. So that's the first thing. Is there anything else you'd suggest? Yeah, and then I would say systematize that plan, right? So if it's, you know, if I'm an outside person and I'm doing inside sales work now, and and one of my goals is to get really good at video messaging, what's your plan to do that? And recognize that it's going to take, it's an iterative effort, right? So nobody does everything perfect the first time. Systems. Systematize it and, you know, form an accountability group right? This Ooh, is I like that accountability group. Yeah. It's not a taskmaster group, right? And, and given where we're at right now, again, Rob, some of us have really great days and we're like, yeah. And some of us are like, nope, I'm going back to bed. So again, we're kind of back to self-awareness, but have the accountability group as humans. I mean, we're, we're not willing to let other people down ourselves. Absolutely. We lie to ourselves the most, right? But if, you know, Rob, if I owe you something, I'm going to make sure I get it done. 
That is insightful. We are willing to let ourselves down, but we're not willing to let others down. I've never heard it said that way. Nobody knows if I let myself down, but you'll know if I let you down, right? And so again, not, not your boss, right? So maybe you start forming pods or team units or, you know, whatever, and then make it fun, make it fun. And, um, just keep that momentum going at the end of the day, carve out a slice for fun and just a place for people to breathe. Okay. We are done. I'm going to do the rapid fire. The three questions I ask everybody at the end, you ready? Okay, number one, biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now, and how do you beat it? That harmonization between numbers and people. Mm. And I would say um, how to beat that is self-awareness, number one. And number two, connect with your people in an appropriate way. <laughs> well said. <laughs> so, you know, that, and what that means is you don't have to do pipeline calls every week. The numbers aren't moving right now right? People are crazy. Everybody has COVID brain. So have one week of, you know, forecasting and pipeline and then have another week of, you know, icebreaker card games or, or something. Just get to know your people, right? Love it. Have a conversation. Love it. Okay. Number two, when you are helping people build teams, uh, is there like an interview question or interview topic that you find is your go-to and, and what specifically is it in that topic or question that you're looking for? Oh gosh. So it will vary okay. for sure. Right. So I'm always looking, I'm looking for drive, ambition, and integrity. Okay. Always. And yeah. so, um, you know, one of them is, Hey, did you get a chance to look at my LinkedIn profile before we chatted today? And if somebody tells me yes, <laughs> but they really didn't because oh, look, we, we can all, because you'll look it up and say, who's viewed my profile. Yes. You're the first person to say that. Oh, (laughs) I'm I'm looking for that integrity, right? Because I want to be able to trust my team in the small thing. Because if I can't trust them in the small things, I can't trust them in the big things either. Boom. Last one. You've already mentioned one. Leaders are readers. At least we find that a lot of them are. And uh, the the leaders that are good quite often stay committed to to learning and their journey doesn't end. Is there anything that you would recommend for our listeners to say, hey, if you want to continue to improve your leadership journey, here's something you might want to consume. I don't care if it's turning pages or audible, but, but is there anything that's been particularly helpful to you? Yeah, so definitely reading. I think getting together, form a book club, right? Don't do it alone, especially right now. I think we all need outlets to be together with people. Um, but definitely keep reading. And, and we're kind of going back to the plan that you talked about for the remainder of this year is yeah. I'm going to read the book quarter. Well, on what? What do you need to work on, right? So don't just read books to read books. Um, you, you can, um, but what is it? You know, do you need to work on self-awareness? Do you need to work on stress management? Do you need to work on managing pipe? You know, whatever it is, but have a plan and read books on it. Have an accountability partner. Go deep on a skill at the end of the day. And then, of course, I would say go ahead and check out sales class because there's a lot of really great content there as well, right? The podcast library, whatever it is. Um, I'll go for a walk and I got podcasts going, you know, I'll take 20 minutes at night to read a book. So build out your own day in the life as a leader and make sure that you are filling your tank because no one's going to do it for you. Well, that's the perfect way for me to ask the final thing, man. Dion, you're amazing. Uh, 
I feel grateful that we had you. How do they get more of you? Like um, you, you've mentioned sales class. How do, how do they connect with you? How do they ask for your plan? Uh, mm -hmm. how, do they, how do they ask you questions? How do they learn more about your services? I mean, how, how do they get more of you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for that, Rob. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. You're, you're are just as, as awesome. Um, folks can connect with me on LinkedIn. As, so all my confirmation, all my information is in my LinkedIn profile. You can reach out to me on my cell phone, which is also in my LinkedIn profile and a couple different areas and stuff. So um, you can email me, you can text me, whatever is going to be easiest for, for y'all. So and I think the link to my calendar is in my LinkedIn um, summary as well. So always happy to chat with folks. She is uh, helping people overcome and beat down Marie Antoinette syndrome around the world. She's helping people learn to look in the mirror instead of out the window. Uh, it's Dion Mishler. Be sure you check out uh, Inside Sales by Design and for sure check out salesclass.ai. Dion, thank you so much for, for joining me today. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. Oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Rob, and happy selling. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, we are in a critical time as a B2B sales leader. We have to win as we go down the stretch, and we have to prepare for what most certainly will be a different year in 2021. There will be different selling situations, different required sales skills, different sales mechanics. You will need to raise your sales leadership skills. And what got you here will not get you there. So make sure you're making the efforts to improve your sales leadership skills and those of other managers you work with. Now, most companies are making big investments in a sales team's training, a sales team's tools, and a sales team's process. But very few have doubled down on helping the sales leadership skills, the sales leadership tools, or the sales leadership process. So if you want to find ways to raise your sales leadership game, you need to check out the Jepson Performance Group. I'm having a blast working with sales leaders looking to raise their game and create impact they've never created. My program helps leaders in three areas, mindset, skill set, and performance. As you prepare for what will most certainly be a new environment, each leader is going to have to adapt. And as you realize that, I want you to remember I'm here for you. Whether it's joining my Patreon group, Sales Leadership United, where I give you access to great thinking and great content, it might be... Uh, providing fast track managers for fast track training for your new managers where we compress a year and a half's worth of work down to three months, or maybe just developing a custom executive coaching program or a custom exec, uh, sales leadership program. I want to help you create as much impact as possible with the people you lead. If you want to connect and discuss your one-on-one -on -one strategy, I'm here. If you've ever thought about having that conversation, stop thinking about it and just hit me up. I look forward to these conversations. I look forward to having this chat with you as well. So if you want to be legendary, seriously, hit me up. How You Lead Matters, let me help you navigate that sales leadership maze. Now, I've been a big fan of Dion's for a really long time. I'm way overdue to have her join me on the show. And the reason that I've wanted her so badly is she's been working closely with sales leaders around the world with great success for a long, long time. And as a result, I think her perspective is one each of us should listen to. I haven't stopped thinking about a statement she made a couple times in our conversation today. She said, this is something each of us should write down, by the way. Everything is about leadership, good or bad. As leaders, this is a very important mindset. It is a reflection of all of us, good or bad. For instance, do you like what the team is doing? You should look in the mirror. 
If you don't like what the team is doing, you should also look in the mirror. So this is going to really emphasize connection. You should, you should really start thinking this week about how in touch you are with what's really going on. That Marie Antoinette syndrome is real, and I'm telling you, it made a difference with me. I've, I've thought about that so much since she shared it with me. And I think she's dead on when she says that everyone falls victim to it at times. So we have to stay connected to what's really happening. This has always been important, but it's never been more important than it is right now. Her advice of finding ways to maintain connection and a closeness to what's real is something each one of us needs to do. She's right when she says that not everything is rosy. So make efforts to make sure the good news really is good news. Make efforts to look for and listen to the bad news because it's something that we're going to want to address and help people through. But make new efforts to be connected and to be in touch. Like whatever you've been doing, think about how can I do more of it? Because your team needs an evolved leader right now. Now is the time for you to focus on the humanity of the people you lead. Part of that is helping them win. Part of that is connecting to the person, not just the sales. Part of that is listening and understanding their perspective as well as their perceptions. But whatever you do, be there. Be there for them. Listen, not everyone's eating cake right now. That's a reference back to that Marie Antoinette syndrome where she says, let them eat cake because she thought that's what everybody had. You know, that concept is something you should just sit down and kick around with your sales leadership team and the members of your team to make sure that you are really connected and aware of what's happening. This episode with Dion, this conversation with Dion came at a critical time. So Dion, thank you for joining us today. I really enjoyed talking with her. Uh, I'm impressed and kind of moved by her genuine connection with people. She's one of the most authentic people I've met. We could all learn a lot uh, in, in just her authenticity. I've been much more aware of the people that I work with as I coach the sales leaders I'm coaching as a result of this conversation. You can be more aware of the people that you lead, uh, especially as you lead them down this important stretch right now. And so take some time to take some notes, connect with Dion's message. Listen, she's a fantastic leader and someone that's doing great things in our community. If you haven't connected with her yet, do it. Be sure to check out Sales Class. It's an awesome concept and it's something you'll be glad you checked out. But either way, just make sure you follow what she's doing because you'll be a better leader as a result. And to each of you, our listeners, thank you as well. I I never, ever, ever get, uh, I I stop getting, uh, I never will be tired of getting the support of the show. I I get so much feedback and I'm always humbled by the things that you say. So keep sharing us on LinkedIn. Please uh, go make some more of those five-star reviews on, on iTunes because it's the best way for me to continue to get the best sales leaders in the world. And I want to remind you about my no strings attached offer to help you with the one-on-one. I got several calls again last week. If you've ever been thinking about hitting me up about how you do the one-on-one, please stop thinking about it and shoot me a message. It is truly no strings attached. I want to help as many teams as I can, especially right now. So here's to being more aware. Remember that everything, good or bad, comes down to leadership. Look in the mirror and, and just take it as it comes and make sure that you're acting rather than being defensive. Take some time this week to double down on your connectedness to your team as well as to your market. You might be surprised that things are not quite what they seem, and you also might be surprised at how much your team appreciates you focusing on them rather than what they can do for you. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for sharing our show with those you work with. And as always, don't worry, just execute because we got you.